0: Hey, this is Wyatt with the Creative Heavens Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Could fair use help us to save us from the creative doldrums of media monopolies? Obviously, think you come at this from a lot of different angles. This particular episode comes at it from the perspective of YouTube. I mean, after all, it is the second largest search engine in the world, right? And it gets influenced from different areas and it influences how people create on its medium. So I think it's interesting to look at fair use and how that plays out for YouTube for content creators, and the fair use doctrine versus private interests. I honestly believe that leveraging fair use is actually a cornerstone of our collective consciousness and creative potential. I mean, the ongoing extension of original copyright holdings and the restrictive behaviors of huge monopolies over all our media, it puts a dark cloud over all of us. And understanding and using fair use creative Commons, and other ways of intermixing ideas and content helps to pollinate our collective ability to freely create and be an innovative culture rather than a stagnant pond of a few controlling voices, shoving their agenda into our faces 10,000 times a day. Fair use already has a gray area, but on YouTube, it's even worse because YouTube has their best interests at heart. Okay. Fair use. Awesome concept really big gray area. There is no formula for determining fair use. And so it becomes really problematic because if people want to use something, they have, they're going to be a little more fearful. And this is particularly true with the music industry. If you look, most of the time, it's really hard to use portions of songs, anything to do with the music industry. Now, some people use uh, movies in their video and you'll see them use it, but it's pretty dangerous. Anytime you're using any material from anybody else, there's a risk involved. Now, the biggest takeaway when dealing with YouTube and fair use, fair use already has a gray area, but on YouTube, it's even worse because YouTube has their best interests at heart. Their best interests are to not get sued and to have all this content so they can show ads on it and of course make money. So that means they may go against legal doctrine. It doesn't matter if you could win with fair use with the law. What matters is that you follow it and be aware that you can still get a strike or get your content taken down by YouTube. So why use fair use at all? because you can't have an authoritative discussion without bringing other people's ideas and concepts and really just quoting them. And it's much more visually interesting and appealing. If you're able to pull that content in with video visually, it has to do with pulling in a lot of material so that you can actually tell something. Obviously journalists and authors use this all the time so they can produce their content. There's no reason why you can't do the same. As long as you follow the four golden rules. These are the areas that you want to ask yourself, okay, is my content fair use? And when you look at these four things, if you can say yes to all of them, you're more likely, you might pass and be okay. Again, there's no actual formula. So you never know, but here they are from Stanford. The four factors judges consider are the purpose and character of your use, the nature of the copyrighted work, the amount and substantiality of the portion taken, and the effect of use upon the potential market. I think that last one is probably the biggest one. And the reason that copyright exists in the first place is the potential market. People are trying to make money. Of course, copyright hasn't caught up with the digital age, it's certainly left in the dark ages. And Disney is one of the primary suspects of that. Okay, so in layman terms, here it is. Make it short and ensure you aren't taking the heart for which all the other content kind of revolves around transform and comment upon, weave it into your work and provide attribution. Now you can use the layman terms kind of checklist, but if you want a real checklist from a lawyer, go to, go check out the video from Ian Corzine. So a big thing I think to consider is who you're taking the content from. If you know the general personality, you'll know if they're just out there to strike everybody down that uses any of their content or if they've actually considered and know about the fair use doctrine and are willing to be a little more lenient on people who want to use their content. Now, obviously if you look at the movie industry and the reason why it's probably the most riskiest is because like the music industry, they have a lot of money and they're interested in protecting their profits. In my mind, you use movie clips at great risk. Now, there are a lot of people who use movie clips successfully and they aren't taken down, but the thing with fair use is it's changing all the time. So today it might be fine to use those movie clips. Nobody really cares. And suddenly tomorrow the landscape is totally changed. There's a huge crackdown and suddenly your channel is gone because you used all those movie clips and you're done. So in general, those with huge pockets and those have a vested interest in protecting their profits, aren't going to be the best ones to probably attribute from you're better off going for smaller creators. Those who are making it themselves. Those who recognize that we're in it together, that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants that we're sitting here because people have made content before us and people will be making content after us. There are no real original ideas. They're remixing. Everything is a remix. Check out Kirby Ferguson, really good, but it gets to the heart. We are adapters. We co-create what we have and what's out there. You may think you have original ideas and somebody else stole it. And in fact, if you look at the woo -woo side of it is we're all part of a collective consciousness and pulling our deal, our ideas from that. You can see that in some cases where like four different people from different parts of the world who have had no contact whatsoever, go to the patent office at pretty much the same time with the same patent idea. It happens. There is a collective consciousness. And whether you believe it or not, when you have an idea, if you really think it's good, it's your responsibility to go and take it as far as you can, because somebody else is going to be getting that same idea. And if you don't use it, they will. And even if they do use, it doesn't mean they're stealing from you. They're getting it from their own subconscious from everywhere. They look, everything they see, everything they do and touch, smell, whatever all goes into their subconscious and it comes out. And they're going to be creating ideas and people are going to be creating ideas that are similar to you. And it'll seem like they're stealing, but they're not another way to look at this is to take content and make it. So people are interested in looking for more celebrate where you got this content from and guide people, encourage people to go view the full list. Kirby Ferguson, go check him out. You're encouraging people to view more. You're not trying to hold on to them and gain them as a subscriber and so on and so forth. You're encouraging them to see and do more, learn more. You're encouraging people to go check out the sources that you have. In that sense, you're celebrating this content and you're co creating with other people rather than trying to hijack them for authority and just kind of net everybody in that comes your way. When you encourage people in this way, I think anyway, it provides a serious difference in intention from those who are just trying to make profits off of other people's authority, hijacking, and so on. Taking the content that still lends to your point, but it's not taking the heart and it makes people want to go, wow, that's cool. I want to go see more. You're encouraging them to see more. That intention should be clear in the work that you create from other people's content. I also think it's good to encourage people to contact you first, have those attributions and tell them contact me first, because you're saying I am honestly not trying to steal your content at all. I am actually trying to work with you and co-create and build an audience together, not trying to steal your content, get subscribers, make money off of your content. The whole intention is very clear. Now there's some people who will be very strong against that what you might do, but that's where it comes back to looking at the personality first. And if they have a good personality, if you've judged them, well, you won't have to have any sort of battle between you because you'll have decided beforehand. Okay. They're probably not going to do that. And if you fall all the other factors, you're going to be much better off, um, using for use successfully on YouTube. Now, all of this of course is not legal advice are no formulas. You're taking a risk, whether it's minor or greater, depends on how you develop your content, how you use the content that you come across and use in your own content. Lawyer, I am obviously not a lawyer. This is in no way intended to be legal advice. However, I think if you experiment and instead of getting fearful, because that's the thing that copyright is so good at doing inspiring fear and it's fear that someone else is going to sue you and all they have to do, they don't even have to sue you. All they have to do is threaten to sue you. Most content creators are not going to have the money to fight back. So they're not doing it because they want to make money. These other people are doing because they want to make money, but that fear, that fear kills democracy and that fear also kills our creativity. It kills our ability to basically co create together and inspires new ideas, new action, not monocrops from a couple different sources because they buy up everything and they control all these different interests. So it becomes pretty much impossible to be a journalist uh, or an author or a content creator without that fear. Oh, I might have said the wrong thing. Oh, look somebody happened to walk by while I was doing a facebook live and boom i'm sued it gets that bad but it doesn't have to be and i think the more content creators get out there and use fair use in a responsible way in a transformative way the more we're able to do that the more it encourages that sort of dialogue that co-creation and our ability to create together and make a culture that thrives on innovation not one that's just built on capitalism and fearful of suing and all that garbage. So putting this out to you, do use fair use, do use other people's content, but transform it, make it, and weave it as part of your own, uh, use the four factors in a responsible way and see what happens. It's a lot of fun. And I think if we co-create together, we're going to have a lot better experience culturally going forward in a digital medium. Than by allowing some of these huge conglomerations to just control everything. All right, thanks a lot for listening. And remember always be creating.